0: You know why we don't have flashing lights and strobe lights and all that in this church? Because we have such a great, awesome team, worship team, that we don't need anything to add. They have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on them and we appreciate them. All different ages up here, all different cultures and nationalities and we are grateful for our team. Thank you guys. Good morning to um, all of you this morning. I'm happy to be here and share some thoughts this morning. My husband has given me this morning to speak with you on things from the Word of God, and I I just want to say thank you for all of your prayers. I've gotten so many texts from so many of you that you were praying for him and, and, um, and us. I had a day or two. I was a little under the weather, but it really was nothing, but I thank you for your prayers and for praying him here. He, he, he is hard to keep down, let me tell you, hard to keep him home on our day off. I said, we are not going anywhere. We are staying home and you are resting, which is a little bit hard to do when we have our grandson Ezra, who's constantly saying all day long. This is, this is all that I hear but every once in a while he does say Nana. But we want to talk to you this morning and I want to ask you a question. Is Jesus experimental or essential? Jesus experimental or is he essential in your life? Father, we just pray as we look into your word, Lord, not our word, not our thoughts, but your word and your thoughts, Lord, that you would speak to us, every one of us, every age that is sitting in this sanctuary, from the youngest to the oldest, that we would ask ourselves this question, are we just experimenting to see what you can do in my life, or are we realizing that you are essential in our lives and that we cannot live or do or breathe without you, God. So speak to us this morning through your word, and we will be grateful, as you always do continue to speak. We will be grateful once again this morning, in Jesus' name. John 6, verses 66 to 69. I'm going to read this in a couple of translations. You don't have to worry about putting it on the screen. But John 6, 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer Walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Another translation says this After this, many of his disciples left. No, Many of his disciples left. They no longer wanted to be associated. Chance. Do you also want to leave? Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves to you, confident that you are the Holy One of Israel. And I had these thoughts on my heart and tying them into um, Pastor Richard will be talking about the end times and Pastor Mike a couple of weeks ago just referenced being ready and being in a place where, you know, this world is going through a lot of change right now, but we need to be ready and we need to be the church outside of the church. And last week we had Pastor Eric share with us as well some of the things that are happening in in Israel and the history of that, And, and I want to talk to you this morning about this scripture, and I want to ask you, are you just experimenting with God? Are you just experimenting, or have you come to the realization that Jesus is essential and you must have him in your life? If we back up a little bit to verse 61, we're going to bounce a little bit back and forth. We see that Jesus was aware of the grumbling and complaining of some of his followers. You cannot utter or think anything without God knowing what you're uttering and thinking. He knows our hearts, he knows our minds, and he knows our words. And he knew, and he knew what they were saying. And he said, does this offend you? But, and they speak things that do offend you. We do find offensive. We say, as some of these disciples said, and we'll see that in a minute, no, this is too much. No, no thank you, because they're experimenting. And I want to look at a couple of events that transpired earlier in this chapter, and I would encourage you, go home and read the entire chapter of John chapter 6, and then maybe go back and watch, watch this again. Listen to this message again. And ask God what he wants to speak to your heart. But I want to pose that question. Is Jesus experimental or essential in your life? Number one, is the Lord experimental? Let's talk about that. That first question. Often those that abandon their faith do so because they approach the faith in the beginning for the wrong reasons. Some come to Jesus as an experiment. Let me try out God and see what happens. It's an experiment. They're interested in some degree and they choose to pursue him, but only on kind of a trial basis. You know, there are every time you turn on the TV or even even through apps and news, you're constantly getting these ads for free trial monthly but they want to grab you with the free trial and then get you to pay that monthly fee and I think in today's world we live in everything is trial oh yeah let me try it let me try Jesus I've heard about him but let me try him for myself and it becomes an experiment and just a trial curious to see what God might do for them but here are a couple of things about people who just experiment with Jesus. Some are just curious about his power. Verse two in that chapter says, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Now listen, we always say here that we want to see God move, that it would affect those outside of these four walls and that it would affect uh, our neighbors and our families and our communities. We want God to move. But there are sometimes people that say, oh, I heard about that. Let me go check it out. Let me go experiment and see if maybe God would do something for me. And when we look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we do see that Jesus was a miracle worker. He was a healer. That's what he was, and he still is today. He still is is today. He's the same Jesus now as he was back in John chapter 6. And for that reason, great crowds would follow him wherever he went. They would follow, hoping to see of his signs and wonders. Are you just waiting to see a sign and wonder? Are you just biding your time to see a sign and a wonder? And if not, then yeah, I'm going to go try something else. Well, I imagine that some of those who deserted the Lord referred to here in verse 66 were drawn to him out of a curiosity about his power. And perhaps there are some in the church today who appear to be followers of Christ. Because remember, go back, it says at that many of his disciples turned back and said, no, I'm done. So maybe there are people in this church who appear to be followers of Christ but maybe you're only experiencing, experimenting to see if he really does have the power. You cannot put God on a time clock. And if within one or two visits of the church, if he doesn't do what I think he should do, then I'm gonna give up on that. That's just for them and not for me. They're experimenting, they're sign seekers. They want a little flash and a bang to accompany their religion. They just want the stuff. They don't want to go deep. As long as something interesting is going on, and I can tell you, honestly, in this church, there is always something interesting going on, but we are doing it to reach our communities, not to try to impress people. As long as people are kept entertained, as long as the song service doesn't go too long, I don't like that they made a big circle, so I'm not going to go back to that church. That's strange. Well, okay. I liked it. I love when the Holy Spirit moves. I love when he wants us to get out of our comfort zones as as Pastor Michael Lutro. I love when he does those things in our lives because he's on the throne, not you. Well, I hope so. I heard a lot of amens. That's right. It's true. But some of you are sitting on that throne, and you've got to let God sit on that throne and stop experimenting with him Jesus confronted this type of experimental disciple in Luke eleven twenty nine. 29 he said and when the people were gathered as a large crowd he began to say this is an evil generation they seek a sign and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonas the, Jonas the prophet Jesus knew he knows if you are just experimenting He knows, if you know in your heart, that he is essential. You cannot be a part-time Christian. You don't come through the front door and punch a little time clock and then punch out on the way out as proof that you're a Christian. Well, I, I, I punched in and I punched out. That doesn't work that way. We are Christians either all the time or we're not. We can't be a little Christian. There's no such thing as that. Either you're experimenting or he is essential in your life. Jesus is not a magician. We can't just follow him waiting for signs and wonders, waiting for things to see. Because let me tell you, a lot of what God does, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, it's inside of our hearts. It's deep stuff that God is doing. And some of you in this room, you understand that and you are allowing God in the deep deep places of your heart you are allowing him to move and pry your heart apart and dig that stuff out that is not pleasing to him another type of experimenting follower some that are just curious about his provisions what can i get out of church Earlier in this chapter, we see that ju- the story of Jesus feeding the multitude with the small lunch of a little boy. After this miracle, Jesus escaped from the crowds only to be pursued by them again. And the message says in verse 26, the message uh, translation, Jesus answered, you've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions, but because I fed you. I filled your stomachs for free. I filled your stomachs for free. Everybody wants something for nothing. If it sounds too good to be true, then it is. If you want a relationship with God, you've got to get past just that curiosity, that experimental part, and say, God, when the pastors say, if you need something more in God, come to this altar, there should be no room to fit all of us. And I'm saying us, us. But sometimes we stay back in our seats. We're experimenting. Let me see what God's going to do in that altar time. I'm not going to go up there but I'm gonna watch and see what he's gonna do. My friend, you are missing out. Yes, you will see God working in people's lives. You will see people get freed up in the Holy Spirit, but as long as we sit in our, whether it's a physical seat or a spiritual seat or an emotional seat, you are not allowing God to work in your life. You are staying on that experimental level. They sought Jesus not so much for wonders but for the Jesus that could fill their stomachs and ease their hunger. Just a little bit of God is enough. I'm the type of eater, and we have discovered this in my group as well. I'm the type of eater. I can be so, so hungry. But then I eat, and when I don't feel that hunger paying anymore, I just want to, I'm done. I've had enough. I, I just, I don't want any more. Just enough to get rid of that little hunger pang. And that's how some people are. They just want just enough of God to fill their spiritual stomach just a little bit, but then that's enough. God, that's enough. Don't go any further. That's enough. Purely selfish reasons. Verse 27 Don't work for food that perishes, but seek after what will last eternally. What are we seeking for today? The Son of Man gives you that food or that bread. They try him out to see what he can offer them. As long as their bellies are full and they feel good, they'll hang around. You've probably heard this several times before. I don't know if I'm going to get it right verbatim, but if you know if you want to be a Christian, you can't just hang around the cross. You have to get on the cross. I am crucified with Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead. You are looking at a dead person. Because I'm crucified with Christ. This is a shell. But I am crucified with Christ. I don't always get it right. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Every year brings new challenges and new ways to grow in God. But we need to be crucified with Christ. Get on the cross. Verse 32, the bread wasn't from Moses. He was trying to tell them. The bread wasn't from Moses. It was from God. Oh, they said, okay. We go to Cheesecake Factory, and we love that bread they bring out. Honestly, I could just eat the bread and leave, which (laughs) reminds me of another illustration, but we won't go into that one. You just eat the bread, and you get full from it. And, And sometimes they bring it, and it's not that hot, and they don't bring enough butter. So we're like, hey, so the next batch that you bring, can you bring it fresh from the oven, and can you bring more butter? I'm like, I love butter. I love, love butter. My sister-in-law always says, you're going to kill my brother with butter. <laughs> I'm still using it, though, and a lot of it. So here's the, here are the followers. Yeah, we want that bread. Bring it. Bring double. We'd like it fresh from the oven. We'd like extra garlic, uh, extra butter. Matter of fact, can you put some little oil, garlic, a little crushed pepper and cheese so we can dunk it? Yeah, we want that kind of bread. But that's not what Jesus was talking about he was trying to tell them he was the bread. He is the bread. We don't live by bread alone. We can't just go to Cheesecake Factory and have basket after basket of bread and butter. We need God. We need the bread from heaven. That's what we need. We need to know that his bread is essential in my life. I wanna read a few verses from here. Verses 48 to 51, he said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert and died. This is the bread that comes from heaven so that whoever eats it won't die. I am the living bread that came from heaven. He's telling them, he's he's reiterating it. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread I will give to bring life to the world is my flesh. And that's when they begin to get very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Often when Jesus begins to call us, or those that are following him, to a life of sacrifice and selflessness, They turn their backs and walk away, and they said, that is too hard. That is too hard. These types of experimental disciples want to follow a Jesus that only blesses. He does bless and never breaks, never demands, never disciples, never disciplines, never redirects, never convicts, and never requires. That's the kind of Jesus people want to follow, especially today. Especially today. Probably in our generations when we were younger, our, our, our elders and our churches would, and our pastors would say, especially today. Probably 100 years ago, they said the same thing, especially today. But especially today, they want an easy Jesus, they want to experiment, they don't want anything that's hard. But Jesus is not a product to be tested. He is not. He is not. He is not going to let you just test him. If he's experimental in your life, I'm asking you today to rethink your relationship with the Lord. Rethink your relationship with the Lord. Are you doing things when you're not in this church building that Jesus would not be pleased with? but you think it's okay, it's not okay. You know why? Because Jesus is with you anyway. Jesus is everywhere, God is everywhere. I love the term Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. When you're praying for people and you can't be with them, you can pray Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. And if you're walking in here on a Sunday, and you're listening but you're walking out and still going back and sitting on your own throne and doing what you feel is okay i am i am pleading with you i'm pleading with you reevaluate your relationship with god verse 66 tells us many of his disciples walked away i'm going to go somewhere else to get my satisfaction I'm not going to stick around. This is not what I thought it was. Nah, there are better things out there for me. This is too much. So let me ask you, is Jesus essential in your life? Essential. Verse 67 says, then said Jesus to the 12, will you go away also? Maybe Jesus is asking that of you today. Maybe Jesus is asking you, are, are you going to leave too? Are you going to turn away also? And Peter responds. And oftentimes we know Peter has foot and mouth disease, but this time he got it right in verses 68. Then Simon Peter answered him. And I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to everything I'm saying. I want you to listen to this. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you know how Peter was able to say that and come to that revelation? Through the Holy Spirit showing him and revealing who that was in front of them. He knew And for Peter and other disciples that remained, walking away from Jesus was not an option. It is not an option for me, because where in the world am I gonna go? My life was headed in the wrong direction. Am I gonna go back to that? Your life was headed in the wrong direction. You're gonna go back to that? What are you gonna go back to? And Peter said, whom shall we go to? We need to ask ourselves, where in the world am I gonna go? Outside of God, Jesus needs to be essential. He doesn't want to be part-time. He doesn't want you experimenting. He wants to be essential in every one of our lives. And we all need that reminder sometimes. Different seasons, different stages or phases in our lives. And God wants to remind, I'm still essential I'm still essential. You need me. Yes, God, I do. I do need you. And we need to tell him that we need him. Don't people like to be told good things? Don't you like to hear good things? If you look nice or you prepare a good meal or you did something special, don't you love to hear thank you? Wow, that was nice. That was special. God wants to hear that. God wants to hear our thanks, and he wants to see our hearts as grateful. Peter was saying, we have you. You're all we need. You have the words of life. When all you desire is God, you will get God. You will also get fulfillment. You will also get provision. You will also get peace. Anybody need peace today? You'll get joy. You'll get comfort. But you will get convicted you will get disciplined. You will have that choice to make. Am I going to be a disciple or just someone who follows him? And kind of like, well, I like what he said here, but I really don't like what he said over here. Let's look at two things that we need to embrace to make Jesus essential in our lives. The first, he is the only source of truth. Man's shifting views of what is right and what is, isn't right doesn't change the fact of what Jesus said in John 14, 6. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. For many, truth is as flexible as silly putty and just as useless. You can't do much with silly putty. You just mold it and whatever into whatever thing, and then you stick it back in that egg-shaped thing. What's it, what's it good for? Absolutely nothing. Truth shifts today. Well, my truth is different than your truth. What is that? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> people, like, people like say things sometimes. It's like, just get in the Word it's why we talk about the word of God so much in this church because we understand the truth that comes from the word that changes us. From the inside out, the inside out, the word changes us. Forget man's shifting view of truth. Stop, stop trying to defend your truth. Get in this truth This is the truth. There is no other book. There is no other truth but this right here. And until you get that set straight in your heart, God won't be essential to you because this right here is what we stand on, the word of God in our relationship and following God. Absolutes have been replaced by what every man thinks is right in his own eyes. What a disaster this world is in right now. Just chaotic with all the different, I'm, sa- I'm doing the quotes because they're not truths, but with all the truths, my truth, your truth, our truth. But a true disciple believes there is no truth apart from Christ. His word is the final word, the end. CeCe Wynan sings a song, she says, you said it, I believe it. Amen. You said it, I believe it. Yeah. Not you said it, I saw it, so I believe it. Just, you said it, I believe it. We will see God move, but that's not why we're supposed to believe because he said it in his word. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father but through me. We have to believe that. Jesus is also essential because he's the only Savior to trust. The Amplified Version in John 6, verse 69 says, we have believed and confidently trusted, and even more, We have come to know by personal observation and experience, see, now they're experiencing God in their lives, that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the, the, the only Son of the living God. For Peter and those that remained, walking away from Christ meant turning their backs on the Son of God, the only hope for their salvation. Those that walked away had been interested in Jesus to some degree but they walked away because they felt like they could do without him. I would rather much in my heart say, I can't do without him. I can't. What about you? Can you live without Jesus? Mm, Careful. Careful how you answer because the Lord right now sees what your heart your heart says something different than your mouth sometimes. In all, all of us, our hearts can be a very dark place. Jesus said that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? God knows it. The word of God makes it clear that knowing and following Jesus are not optional. They are essential. That's why Peter said we can't walk away. No matter what you require of us, we cannot walk away. And I today. Ask yourself that question. If I stopped following Jesus, would my life change? And I'm not talking about being a believer. I'm talking about following. In churches all across the world today, there are people that are just following. They're just following. They're experimenting. But if you stopped experimenting, would your life change? No, because you're only experimenting. Your life's the same. But when you give your life to Christ and you realize that he is essential and you realize he's the very breath in your lungs and my lungs, when I wake up and I take that for well, I'm already breathing all night, of course, because if I wasn't, I wouldn't take a first breath. But when I wake up and become aware, sometimes we just have to, like, become aware, wow, I'm breathing. I thank God for the breath that's in my lungs. In conclusion, no doubt all of us here this morning would like to think that 20 years from now, if we're not in heaven, we will still be following him on this earth. 20 years from now, this room, every single person in this room will be here. Sad to say, there's a decent chance that some of you won't be in this room. We have been pastoring 34 years. We have seen people come and people go. We've seen people just experiment, and we've seen people become real solid disciples in ministry serving God. We've seen them walk away. Because sometimes when things get too hard, it becomes too hard. That's why we need each other. We're talking about that in our life group community. We need each other. We need each other. Those 12 disciples needed each other. But they needed Jesus. Jesus was essential. In verse 63, he said, It is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. What Jesus does in the life of man, our lives, young people in this room, don't experiment with Jesus. Come to the realization that he's essential. Amen. Teens, you've got to get that in your heart. You've got to get it in your mind. God lets us go off and experiment with the world, but it's a fool's errand. Have you ever heard that? It's a fool's errand. He'll let us go because we have a will of our own. But we know, and young people, I'm just talking to you for a second, teens and young adults, there's nothing out there. I'm telling you, there's nothing out there. Jesus wants your life. He wants your whole life 100%. He wants to know that he is essential in your life. You know, we have this, this, this uh, take it or leave it mentality, you know, that flippant, Ah, I could take it or leave it. You know, certain things in life, ah, I could take it or leave it. No, Jesus is, no, uh, no, that's, that's not the right attitude. You can take me or leave me. No, you either take me 100% or I will keep giving you reminders who I am. And he'll do that. Even when you're out there, he'll do that. It's not an easy work being a, being a true Christ follower. It's not always easy, but the dividends, oh, man. Set up an appointment with me, and I could share a few hours, never-ending hours on the dividends of following the Lord. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. How? By following 2 Corinthians 4, 8. It says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Get your eyes off, people. Okay, wait a minute. Stop watching the news. Stop watching how everybody else lives on these stupid reality shows. Please, I'm going to do a series on stupid reality shows. They're just stupid. They're not reality. They're just they're lost people getting paid a lot of money to show us what life is. No, thank you. We fix our eyes on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Are you yielding to the work that Jesus is trying to do in your heart? When he asks you to give up certain things, are you willing to do that? When he kicks out those crutches and makes you dependent on him, are you grateful or do you grumble? No, this is too hard. I'm out of here. Or where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Keep asking yourself that today, this week. Let that be the question that you keep saying over and over again. Where in the world am I going to go? What am I going to go to? He'll let you go on your merry way, but you're not going to find anything close to what Jesus can give you and the fulfillment in your life that he can give you. We used to say joy, J-O-Y, and joy stands for Jesus, other, when it does. I I love that acronym, acrostic or acronym or whatever that word is, but I recently saw this. The J stands for Jesus, and the Y stands for you. The O in the middle stands for zero, nothing. Because where there is nothing between Jesus and you, then there is joy. Amen. Isn't that good? I love that. Zero, that don't mean zero. Nothing, nothing. Amen. The work of Jesus in your life is to remove everything that comes between you and him. Well, that's easy for you to say, you might say. You've never had anything removed. Mm. Oh, yeah, I have shifted around. Only Jesus satisfies, though. The devil will still take you to the top of the mountain and show you all the things you lack and tell you all those things that will make you happy. The devil's a liar. He is a liar. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So I would say to you this morning, is Jesus experimental or essential? And I want to close with this. The Apostle Paul hit the nail on the head for us when he said in his letter to the Philippians, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or need. And Philippians 4, 6 says this, don't worry about anything. You're going through a hard time right now. God's trying to dig some things out of your life. Don't worry about it. Just yield to it. Don't fight it. Yield to it. In everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And so I I ask you again, are you experimenting with Jesus? Daniel, if you could just come and, and, and just play on the keys. Are you experimenting with Jesus in your life? You don't have to answer me. I'm just posing the question, and I want you to answer the Holy Spirit? Or have you found that Jesus is essential in your life? I want you to ask yourself that today. Let's stand. And we're just going to have some music because I want you to just come And ask yourself that question right here, right here at these altars. I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit to show you, have I been experimenting with Jesus? Or do I know that Jesus is essential in my life? And I want you to think about that throughout this week. And I want you to keep asking yourself that. But I want you to come... And bow before the Holy Spirit. You could start to come now, and just come into God's presence. Just let it go, let it go. We hold on. We're just gonna have. We're just gonna have music today. Yeah, it's fine. We thank you, Hannah. Um, just let it go. Let things go. You know that's one of the hardest questions or statements that God has ever said to me, and I still find it hard sometimes. Let it go what are you holding on to what are you thinking no God I don't want to let go of this what is it in your life because I can guarantee you when you let it go it frees up your spirit and your heart and your mind and your soul and your thoughts because you're not holding tight anymore you're letting it go And so I want you to ask that question. No fanfare, but ask that question. Lord, I pray today in this sanctuary that as we bow before your presence, Lord, not to impress man, not to impress me, not to impress anybody in this church, but for the sole purpose of pleasing you, God, I pray that you would open our hearts, Holy Spirit. You would remind us where we came from. We don't wallow in our past, God, but it's certainly good to remember where we came from, what you brought us from, what you took us out of, how you've healed us, how you've restored us, how you've been so patient with us when time and time again we've gone our own way those secret sins, those things that we do that we think nobody knows, but you know God, and it catches up with us, God. God, dig into the hearts of the people in this sanctuary today. You know who's following from a distance, and you know who is understanding that you are essential in their lives. And so, Lord, today, just in the quietness of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would touch our hearts and reveal to us if we're just hanging around the cross. Reveal to us if anyone has just been experimenting. Reveal to us if we need to surrender so many other things to you so that we can come to that realization that you are essential in our lives. The work of the Spirit is so necessary, God. We need you. We can do nothing on our own. And so we thank you today that you will speak to hearts in this place. Hearts will be changed. Lives will be changed for your glory. We thank you. In Jesus' name. If you need to leave, please, please do so very quietly. Have conversations out in the foyer. Please don't have conversations in here. Go out in the foyer if you need to, but if you can stay and pray, please do so. Bless you.